On this week's episode of the podcast, Drew comes forward with a story about one of the most controversial transfers of all time. Drew, does it rhyme with Shmeo Shmesi? I uh, you you know it's close, but but not quite. Interesting. I am intrigued, and I hope you are too. So it's time to pinch those pennies because this is Deadball Brothers. Welcome to Deadball Brothers, a sometimes weekly podcast when one of us isn't moving multiple states. Part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, a podcast about soccer and history with a healthy, healthy dose of stupidity. Once again, we have gotten a little bit out of the practice due to life circumstances, and I have messed up the intro. But you know what? We're rocking, and that's okay. That's 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 what it's going to be all about today. We're here and we're alive. We are. Uh, like I think I already said, but I'm not sure, so I'll say it again. We are a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and this is a podcast hosted by your two favorite soccer people, me, everybody's most famous soccer content creator, freelance journalist, writer, steak enjoyer, uh, poetry connoisseur, Adam Whitaker Snavely, joined as always by my real-life brother. Drew Snavely, coming to you hot from the Big Apple itself, Bath, New York. <laughs> this is the Big Apple that Drew is reporting from. <laughs> the 607, home of approximately four to 5,000 people, give or take the year, our homeland. <laughs> yes, coming to you live from our parents' basement. Yes. So you may have noticed that we haven't uploaded in a while, and a lot of that has had to do with Drew and his wife, who some of you who have been following along probably uh, noticed us talking about Drew getting a new job and a bunch of changes that were taking place. Uh, But part of Drew getting a new job was Drew moved from where we both lived, formerly where I still currently live, but where we both used to live in Virginia uh, up to New York, around the area where we are both originally from, which is great for our parents and uh, not necessarily ideal for me, but that's okay. I will be sad on my own time. Well, if it makes if it makes you feel any better, I'm I'm sad too that we are no longer just a quick ten minutes away from each other. But it was really uh, nice. You know, it was a good run while we had it. Still not too late to to make it happen again. You know, you just never know where life takes you. <laughs> life comes at you fast. I definitely <laughs> did not think I'd be back in my parents' basement right now. But I'm not living here, which is nice. Yeah, you're just there for the meantime while the moving company gives you the absolute runaround on all of your earthly possessions. They have uh, the sweet, sweet Wi-Fi that I desire. (laughs) (laughs) And so Uh, I am here. (laughs) Yeah, and so that is the reason for our absence as of late. But we are back, and we're coming back on just, you know, like a really, really slow news day. Nothing Uh, happened today. Nothing happened of soccer today august 10th uh, august 10th the year of our lord 2021 uh it was very normal and average and nothing weird um you probably all recognize this as the day that leo messi was signed by paris saint-germain it, just a just a i mean i guess there wasn't really a, really a ton of news today but that little that little bit right there that little bit is leo kind of messi a large moving to PSG finalized, wearing the number 30, if you can believe it or not. The number 30. Apparently, Neymar offered to give him the 10 back, and he refused. Oh, man. I just love him so much. What a guy. What, <laughs> what a guy. What a stand-up Gosh. chap. So, yeah, that'll be weird. Uh, everybody's already saying stuff like, oh, PSG are now, like, who can even compete with PSG for the Champions League? Which is kind of like, yeah, fair? Like, okay, on paper... You just say, yeah, we can field Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi, and you have the best attack. And it's kind of like, yeah, probably, sure. Um, But then again, you look at that full lineup and you're like, okay, everybody has to stay healthy, which already is a big big if with all those people in that lineup. Uh, and, and and more further down the lineup and elsewhere in the field, looking at you, Verratti, you got to stay healthy for a full season. Uh then you kind of take into account the fact that PSG have 
had previous super duper teams and, you know, can't close the deal, have not been closers. They they have not been closers. No. And Adam, I don't, think for closers. That, I don't think that enough people are talking about the fact that Messi is washed now. <laughs> <laughs> he is just no longer a great soccer player. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> uh, oh? <laughs> okay. Where do they I'll think they this they, one? I'll make sure to clip this bit of the episode <laughs> to really post that. We'll uh, we'll drive some outrage views to the uh, to the episode. It pains me to say this, but who do they think he is? Tom Brady? Oh my god! <laughs> uh, messy. We uh, the Tom Brady thing worked out. That was obviously a bad move for his career. Please, nobody uh, uh, quote me on comparing Lionel Messi to Tom Brady ever, because. There's because no comparison. Because you like Leo Messi. Because <laughs> I love Leo Messi. And, and Tom Brady. Absolutely uh, not washed. And our lawyers have advised us to not speak our current thoughts and past thoughts, all of our thoughts on Tom Brady. Mm. That's just sound legal advice. Yes, it, it really is. But Drew, you have told me that today we are talking about an infamous transfer, a dicey transfer, something of that nature. And it is funny because we were supposed to record this episode like a month ago or three weeks ago or something like that. We had this plan for a while and then moving things happened, got in the way. And obviously here we are now all this time later recording on the day that Leo Messi's transfer to, or, or I guess it wasn't even a transfer because technically Barcelona just didn't sign him. His contract ran out and PSG came in and said, Hey, we have more money than God. And he said, cool. <laughs> um, but we are this this day that one of the greatest players to ever play the game leaves the club that we have seen him almost exclusively play his career in. And, and his entire senior club career has occurred at Barcelona. We will now see him play for a different team, which in itself is pretty earth-shattering for a lot of people. Today you have a story of another transfer, another player changing hands. And I am... Very curious, my friend. Very curious indeed. It's just, oh, it just doesn't feel right to see, to eventually see Messi line up for for PSG. Uh, I'll tell you, it, right. it doesn't feel right seeing them wear them them super baggy basketball shorts that PSG is rocking <laughs> this year. That's weird. Have you seen that? That feels honestly, that feels weirder to me seeing all those people wear those shorts that are that long to play soccer in than seeing Leo Messi in a PSG jersey. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this ends in, uh, I mean, this might be a catastrophic end to La Liga. It's definitely the end of an era for La Liga. Sure. And we will see how it responds. But yes, Adam, to go back to your original point, the soccer gods are smiling down on me today because there's no better time to tell a story about a dicey transfer saga. Dicey. Dicey. I wouldn't say infamous, because I get, it, is, it is certainly infamous, but I feel like when you say infamous, you kind of imply that everybody knows about this transfer. Mm, that's true. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people that knew about this transfer during this specific period in this specific part of the world, but there are probably a lot of other people that don't know about this transfer saga. So I'm excited to tell it. Okay. I'm, and I'm excited to right hear. In. I'm ready for it. Drew, consider me greased up, ready to go. I'm so glad you said that because, Adam, today we are going to talk a little bit about Scottish soccer. Oh, the Scots. Scotland! <laughs> I guess specifically a Scottish player who might have had the most controversial transfer of all time. On April 13th, 1963, Maurice John Giblin Johnson, real name, <laughs> Maurice John Giblin Johnston, Wow. Okay. Lots of guss in there. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of guttural noises in that name. Who rightly went by just the nickname Mo. <laughs> Thank God. 
<laughs> was born into the greatest country the world has ever seen. Scotland. 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 Oh, and to kind of go back to a previous episode, we talked about Jack Grealish, and you said that he was Scottish, and I was like, I'm pretty sure he played for Ireland, and it turns out that he did, in fact, play for Ireland. I knew, no, no, I knew I knew that Grealish, Jack Grealish had Irish ancestry. I I think my point in the previous episode was that the name sounded Scottish. Uh, okay, okay. Grealish. Maybe I just remembered that wrong then. But I mean, it, I, I, that was it, it. It is neither here nor there. It, it is not. So, anyways, Mo Johnston began his senior career at the young age of sixteen years old, playing with Partick Thistle FC. <laughs> okay, and it was very hard for me to say Partick instead of Patrick because honestly, Patrick. like a little dyslexia can go a long way and. Partick turns into Patrick really fast. <laughs> oh, that's a quote. That's a t-shirt. A little dyslexia goes a long way. <laughs> After bagging 41 goals in 85 matches across four seasons, the blossoming striker moved on to Watford in 1983. I see what you did there when the first, the first thing, the first team was named Thistle and then the next thing that happened was he bloomed. And then... They bloomed, and then he moved to the Hornets from this is, Watford. So I, I, mean. I feel like you're just reciting the plot of B-movie to me. <laughs> Nicely done, sir. Oh, man. Have we ever talked about how weird it is that Watford has a moose on their team crest, <laughs> but weird. they're the Hornets? I have, I think, at least at one point, I've tossed around doing that as an episode just because that is Mm. funny to me. It's just so strange. Maybe it's like an Auburn thing, you know, like University of Auburn. Their mascot is the Tigers, but their fight song is War Eagle, and that's what they all say to each other. Yeah. Yeah, that is is weird. But I got to be careful talking about Auburn at all times because my in-laws are super into Auburn. Super about it. Super Mm -hmm. against Alabama. You love all to except see for it. all except for um, my one brother-in-law, who his family is an Alabama fan, and everybody else are Auburn fans. Ugh, bless Rough. his heart. Well, <laughs> you know that that is what the Southerners say. Him and Nick Satan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Watford had finished second in the first division the previous season before Johnson showed up but were in the thick of a relegation scrap when they secured Mo Johnston's services. Oh, they were thick, all right. They were sorry. I'm so sorry. I just had to do that. I don't know. The 20-year-old hit the ground running, scoring 20 goals in 29 appearances, helping the Hornets to finish comfortably mid-table and leading them to an FA Cup final, which they lost to a strong Everton side. It feels like like the 2018 Watford team, you know, <laughs> the one before they got relegated. Yes. Oh man, when Ricardo Pereira was like balling out of his mind, and or Troy no. Deeney was just kicking absolutely everybody he could. <laughs> oh man! So Mo Johnson decided he was a little homesick, I guess, because he left Watford at the beginning of the following season. So he, he joined Watford November uh, in November, and then he left the following September. So he wasn't even hey, there for a full year. Not even a full year. He was ready to go home. Who could blame him, though, because Scottish Giants Celtic came knocking. Celtic? No, 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 no. Oh, you're going to get roasted, my friend. They pronounce it Celtic. They pronounce it Celtic? Yeah. I thought it was always pronounced Celtic. No. Celtic? Yep. Like the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics. I feel like I've pronounced Celtic. Celtic before and I've been corrected to say Celtic. Am I am I just completely incorrect? Am I am I mixing up the two? I hold on. Maybe I am. Maybe maybe my brain is just scrambled. We could cut this whole thing while I look at no, it. No, we're we're keeping it live. As Why am I why now? Now I'm like, yeah, you're obviously right. What am I thinking? I'm just an idiot. I don't, 
I don't. Uh... It's okay. See, you're no, you're you're absolutely right. Why am I thinking that it's pronounced with a C with a soft C? Okay, okay. So, so the football team Celtic is pronounced with a soft C, as in the word "cell," but the Celts, as in the original race of people in Britain is pronounced with a hard C yes. as in the word call. So you yes. were, it is Celtic. So, I, so it is I Celtic. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, man. I, you got me so confused for a second. You were so confident. And I was like, am I wrong? Am well, I? You know what? It wouldn't be a Dead Ball Brothers episode without an absolute butchering of and we a did a historically great <laughs> and, and boy, soccer club. Howdy, and boy, howdy, did we do it. <laughs> The fandom that we have accrued up until this point, this is a real nice payoff for them. I feel like it's been a while since we've really butchered something like that. Uh, although we don't usually realize in real time how bad it is. So uh, The little-known club Celtic. Celtic. Yeah. Celtic. Celtic. That's actually – what if there was a real Scottish club named Celtic? They're like in the fifth division. Like, oh, we're different. Oh, gosh. I feel like anybody who uh, <laughs> who listens to this podcast has definitely revoked my soccer fandom card, but yeah, 100%. it's okay. I'm being so I me. was I was right to roast you. You, you at were the right to roast me, and I'm that sure is, that that is a, a heartwarming fact for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. So anyway, Mo Johnston moving to Celtic. Yep. Um, it, hard to blame the guy. Celtic is. Historically, one of the greatest teams to ever uh, exist in the country of Scotland. They uh, are they're a pretty big deal there. They they are a pretty big deal, and I mean, the green and white hoops are probably one of the most iconic kits yeah. out there. Definitely up there with Barcelona, red and white stripes, Juventus, Real Madrid. Yeah, Manchester. Very United. very distinct. I mean, your jerseys are just red, like. <laughs> It's uh, different. It's yeah, no, different. I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, so Johnston had some solid seasons with Celtic, scoring 52 goals in 99 appearances while winning. Jeez. A- <laughs> more, more than a goal every other game. Yeah. No, no, no. 52 goals in 99 appearances. So he yes. scored. You said more than a goal every game. More than every, a goal every other game. Uh, yes, more than I'm a goal every other game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're getting through this, man. We're we're doing it. We're doing it together. <laughs> you uh, and me and all uh, the hundreds of people that will listen to this episode. Johnston won a Scottish Cup in nineteen eighty five and the Scottish Premier Division in nineteen eighty six. Nice. In nineteen eighty seven, it was time for Mo to move again. This time taking his services to France with Nantes. Oh, the uh, old home of Alejandro Bedoya. Yes, and I believe I crushed that pronunciation. Nantes? Yes, that is correct. That is the right way to say it. I I just want to throw that out there. And French is hard, so I'm proud of you. Yeah, French is definitely a lot harder than Scottish. Mm Based uh, on on account of the fact that I can do Scottish, I would say yes, French is harder. <laughs> uh, Mo Johnson spent two seasons with Nantes, scoring twenty two goals in sixty six appearances. So not as great as what he had been doing with Celtic. Not quite as prolific. Or Watford. Or Watford. But Watford. I mean, Watford. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Uh, <laughs> but he never really settled in France. Which makes sense. I mean, you got this Scottish dude that's just like chilling with all these French folk, and I just <laughs> feel like there couldn't be two more opposite people that live. Pass me the together. ball. <laughs> the French guys off in the corner smoking cigarettes. <laughs> they quietly whisper to themselves, oh, oh, oh. which we, as we all know, all French people say <laughs> before they make any statement whatsoever. <laughs> oh, gosh. As Johnson's second season with Nott came to a close, or was coming to a close, he made it clear that he wanted to return to Scotland and to play with Celtic. 
He said, there is no other British club I could play for apart from Celtic. Ah, uh, and we then do the little geography lesson of Great Britain consisting of all the people on the big island, Wales, England, and Scotland, whereas the United Kingdom is Scotland, England, Wales, and Northern Ireland. But not Ireland. But not Ireland. Not the Republic of Ireland. Keep them they out of it. fought for their independence and they <laughs> got it. Uh, so the club sent a letter of intent to not to sign Mo Johnston as a player. Sure. Along with that, they sent 400,000 pounds. Not bad. Not bad. Nothing, uh, nothing to sn- what year? What year was this? What, around about 1989. So, not much to sneeze at there. No, no, definitely not. In May 1989, Johnson was unveiled as a Celtic player once again in the iconic green and white hoops. The hoops. It was for a Scottish record fee of 1.2 million pounds. So, they still had 800,000 pounds left to pay to not. Yeah. Just a little down payment. Just a little down payment. Any any uh, used car salesman will tell you all about it. <laughs> yes. Mo traveled to the final league game Celtic had that season, um, and the fans were delirious, chanting yeah, sure. his name. So yeah, because he's, he's scored 52 goals for them in 99 games. The prodigal, prodigal son has returned. For real. Clearly a fan fan favorite. The following week, Celtic defeated their bitter rivals, Rangers, to lift the Scottish Cup and denying Rangers the treble that year. <laughs> Suck it, Rangers. I don't I don't have any horse in that race whatsoever. <laughs> do you remember that uh do you remember that Scottish guy that uh Uncle Mark and Aunt Judy uh like housed a couple of summers for like uh, he was soccer? English, he was he was no, he was 100% Scottish no, because I asked I asked him where he was from and he looks at me and he says Glasgow. <laughs> he was there was a Scottish I don't there might have been an English guy but there was also a Scottish guy. Huh. All right. And then I asked him if he liked Celtic Rangers and he's like Rangers. <laughs> Rangers. <laughs> you got oh it, man. Gosh. You got it, man. <laughs> so things were going really well for Celtic at this time. I mean, they just won the Scottish Cup. They just announced their uh, prodigal son has returned in Mo Johnston, and nothing was going to bring them down. The following Monday, however, after, it sounds like something is about to bring them down. <laughs> the following Monday, <laughs> a- after the the Scottish Cup final, things got a little weird. Mo Johnston didn't show up for a team meeting, and they weren't able to get a hold of him. Oh. And over the course of the next couple of weeks, they still really weren't in contact with him that much. And reports were emerging that he was getting cold feet or having second thoughts of joining Celtic. Okay. Seems kind of weird, but whatever. Yeah. FIFA secretary at the time, Sepp Blatter. Oh, look out. Uncle Sepp on the job. That all that was needed to make Johnson a Celtic player uh, was the written statement of intent to sign him from Nantes, as well as the full transfer payment. And so, since they hadn't paid the transfer in full, and there was no technical contract signed by (laughs) Nantes. Or by Johnston, he was still up for grabs as a player. Not just had like four hundred thousand pounds <laughs> in their bank account. <laughs> yeah, and so basically, what happened was um, Billy McNeil, the Celtic manager, uh-huh. was pushing for Celtic to pay the remaining eight hundred thousand pounds and just call it a day yeah he wants the player he wants the player however the board refused to complete the payment for a player who is second guessing a transfer to the club they wanted somebody who was hungry to play for the team they did not pay 
the remaining 800,000 euros. If you ever listen to any Scottish soccer fan talk about Scottish soccer, this makes so much sense. <laughs> it's 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 like uh I mean and it, and at that time sure I get it kind of because you're still in the time of people being like one or two club players at most and Celtic are legitimately you know the 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 Scottish Premier League is relevant um which many Scottish soccer fans will tell you that is still the case and and it's not it's not relevant <laughs> whatsoever i like literally today rangers just got uh beat by malmo and I malmo was yeah. malmo was down a man <laughs> yeah not great oof anyways Pre-season anyways friendly though preseason friendly or was it was it i thought it was a ucl like qualifier oh maybe it was I think it meant something. <laughs> oh gosh, that's even worse. It really is. So so anyways, Adam, I mean this this decision by the Celtic board uh to not pay the remaining 800,000 pounds to Nantes left the door open for uh really unlimited possibilities. Some shenanigans, yes. Some some transfer shenanigans are uh, are ready and and willing to uh, to transpire, and, and this would go on to cause one of the biggest betrayals in soccer history. And we are back from our regularly scheduled commercial break. Drew, you were about to tell us how this transfer. From France to Celtic, which seems like it was going to be very, very by the book, very, very standard, was about to go awry. And I feel like I know kind of where this is headed and where this is going. And that makes me even more excited to really, really hear more about it. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So you see, Adam, in the weeks, the couple of weeks where it was feared that Mo Johnston was becoming a little disillusioned with signing back with Celtic. Uh, It was reported that the Johnston to Rangers move was picking up steam. Oh my gosh. Yes. Which was there, was there any like, I I, maybe we'll get to this later, but I, I feel like it feels really weird that just in the middle of it all, he was just like, Oh, I don't know if I want to actually be a Celtic player after he was unveiled and stuff. So he he would go on to talk about it later in life. Okay. If, um, if that's later in the podcast, then you don't have to say it now. But it does feel just really, really odd. Yeah. I, it is reported that his agent at the time was a big Rangers fan and was kind <laughs> of pushing him and working okay. on the move All to right. go there. But there haven't been really any definitive um, – sources kind of backing that up and really it just seems like Celtic dropped the ball and they could have signed them if they just paid the money if they just paid if they just paid the rest of the money but because all they had was a written letter of intent not a contract and not the full sum of the transfer fee it wasn't legally binding and another club could go in and bid for his services. And that's exactly what Rangers and new Ranger manager, Graeme Sunis. Oh, Graeme. Wanted to do. And so that's what they did. So that's what they did. <laughs> as, as one does. I mean, at that point, it's just due diligence. Like, you know, because this guy yeah. lit lit up Scotland when he was here. He was one lit of the best everywhere. players. Yeah. He was one of the best players in the league. He was one of the best players on any team he walked into. You know, why wouldn't you if you if there's a possibility? It's kind of like um, Bayern. There was some, like, non-news story, really, where Bayern's president was like, yeah, we've looked into the possibility of signing Erling Holland from Dortmund. And... I, I don't think that Dortmund will ever sell Holland to Bayern because there's other clubs that will pay them as much money as Bayern will for him. And they don't want to, if they're, if you're going to sell somebody like that, like you don't want to see him again. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, 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 no I, don't, I don't feel like playing you until I get to like 
the quarterfinals of the Champions League or something like that. But but he basically said, you know, he's like, yeah, we wouldn't be doing our job if we hadn't looked into the possibility of signing Erling Holland. He's scored 60 goals in 60 games for Dortmund. I can already see him scoring in front of the Stratford end. Oh, my gosh. For Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> well, they got Lukaku now. Why do they need Holland? They signed Timo like last year. <laughs> yeah, and then they found out that he's a garbage finisher, which is fair. He is. It's, it's a high volume XG wizard. Oh, it's gosh. fine. It's whatever. What, whatever. So let's get back to the story because we're off on a little tangent. We are. We are. We did reach a tangent. Anyway, Rangers and Graham Suna said, hey, let's do we our want a diligence. piece of that. We want a piece of that. Yeah. Mo Johnston is 26 years old right now and one of the best strikers of his generation. Why don't we make a bid for somebody that, you know, is from our country, despite. Absolutely. It's just like ask people double whammy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just ask <laughs> people. Why wouldn't we make a bid? You know, take him from Celtic and also he's our player now. So it's like a double whammy. Do you have to concentrate really hard when you're saying Celtic to not say Celtic throughout yes. this episode? Yes. <laughs> I yeah. saw your face kind of like you stiffened up a little bit and then you hit Celtic really, really like you, you landed it, but I could tell that you were trying. I was just practicing in a mirror for two hours before we recorded this. <laughs> Celtic. 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 <laughs> Say it right. Hits yourself in the face. Celtic. No, Celtic. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I hate myself. <laughs> so, um, Graham Sunis met with Mo Johnston and essentially convinced him to sign with Rangers. Rangers put in the bid. The bid was accepted, and... And they said, pay it, quick, quick, quick. Pay <laughs> yeah. the money, the whole thing. Not a down payment. Just give them all of it. And Mo Johnston, yeah, they, they gave all of the money to Nant, and Mo Johnston became a Rangers player. It would be kind of a gangster move if Nant kept the 400 grand from Celtic still, though. I, I didn't read anything about what happened to that 400K. It, they, they had to have given it back. Like they had to have, yeah. I feel Maybe. like there's, I feel like there's no way that they couldn't. Oh, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, they they had to have, right? I don't know. Maybe they dumber didn't. thing. Dumber <laughs> things have <laughs> happened than them not giving that money back. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this was a smash and grab by all accounts. I mean, weeks ago, Mo Johnson was signing for Celtic. It was nope done there and dusted. You said you said Celtic. Oh. Celtic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for bringing it up. No, no, no it's okay. Uh, no, yeah, weeks ago, Mo Johnson was signing for Celtic, and it was done and dusted. It. it was done. Gentlemen's agreement. Well, gentlemen's agreements don't always work out. So the Rangers front office thought they had pulled off an incredible coup as they pushed to expand. More great French pronunciation, by the way. Thank you. Good French. As they pushed to expand their domestic dominance to the rest of Europe, because this was the time that Rangers were killing it domestically, but uh, didn't have a lot of success in European competitions. And so that's what they're really pushing for. The fans, however, didn't agree with the signing, which, Oh, which uh, I guess that makes sense both because obviously you're taking somebody that was a Celtic player and that's a no, no. And also because I know that uh, they, for a long, 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 long time that, uh, Rangers fans uh, only wanted them to sign Protestant players, and Celtic fans only wanted Celtic to sign Catholic players, and that was a big deal. You're exactly right, Adam. Ha 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 ha! <laughs> so, when Sunis was brought on, he promised he would break this unwritten rule that Rangers had of not signing any Catholic players because. Like you said, Rangers only fielded Protestants. 
<laughs> which is so, so. <laughs> what? I mean, that's a that's a whole other like big ethnic yes. uh, public unrest thing spanning multiple countries that we do not have time to get into. Yes, but it wasn't good news. It was bad news. No, not at all. Thing. It was essentially since like 1920 that policy was kind of enacted. Yeah. And so Sunus went ahead and signed the highest profile <laughs> Catholic from Scotland in Mo Johnston. You don't like Catholics? <laughs> the biggest one there is. The biggest one there is. Sunus, to his credit, also signed Rangers' first black player, Mark Walters, and their first hey. Jewish player, Avi Cohen. <laughs> Wow. Really just knocking them all out there. Yeah. I mean, he said that I want to sign the best soccer players regardless of their beliefs. Good for him. Good Way for to go, him. Graham. But it also makes me feel like he would probably uh, hire a, a white supremacist if they could score like <laughs> a ton of goals. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's like, oh, I don't care about their beliefs <laughs> as long as they're helping me win games. What could they do on your football field? <laughs> oh, gosh. So fans, obviously, very upset that they yeah. have this really huge Catholic figure Just playing for really, their team. Just really, really mad that one of the best players that represents my country now plays for my team. Uh, it's so, so terrible. Yep. The general secretary of the Rangers Supporters Association, David Miller, told the Glasgow Herald, it's a sad day for Rangers. Oh, God. I don't want <laughs> to see a Roman Catholic at Ebrox. Mm. It really sticks in my throat. Uh, okay. Yeah. So people didn't really believe the reports that Mo Johnson had signed for Rangers until, until there was like turned up. <laughs> there was an official press conference announcing him in yeah. front of actual reporters uh-huh. uh, to which there was an audible gasp when he walked out <laughs> into the room to be announced. <laughs> they, they just didn't believe it. I bloody can't believe it. <laughs> you really have gotten the Catholic. Oh, God. It's not the right accent for the reporters. No. That's okay. It's not. So, soon as said about the transfer, hurting Celtic was not the drive behind the deal, but yes, I knew it would be a consequence. I felt the manner of the move would damage them for a number of years. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so metal. <laughs> it, is. it is. Wow. This is going to hurt you. And that's why I'm doing it. It still didn't matter to Rangers fans who threatened to boycott matches, some asked for refunds on their season tickets, and some even burned their scarves outside of Ranger Stadium. Okay. Ultimately, uh, oh, and one more thing, which is really funny. The Rangers kit man refused to set out Johnson's jersey before (laughs) matches. He would have to go and get it himself. Oh, my gosh. This is so stupid. Okay. Love wasn't lost from the Celtic side either. The Celt, the Celtic, Celtic side, side either. either. It's oh, really man, we're gonna get through. We're, we're gonna, gonna make it through Celtic, it together. Celtic, Celtic, Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> Slap yourself. <laughs> Say it right. Say it right. Oh gosh. Um, manager Billy McNeil said, "I can't forgive him, and I don't think the Celtic fans ever will." He disrespected us all. Oh, oh, the disrespect. The disrespect. Eventually, most Ranger fans accepted they had another talented striker. Yeah. That uh, uh, that's a, every As soon as you were like, oh, they burned his scarves. Oh, the kit man wouldn't bring him his thing. I'm like, yeah, but he's going to score a billion goals for them. And then everybody's going to be like, yeah, he's ours. He's but, our Catholic. We don't like him, but unless they're ours. <laughs> uh, it, it was reported that the kit man started laying out his his kit for him after he scored a game winner against Celtic. <laughs> yeah, no crap. <laughs> also, uh, I imagine because at some point somebody's just got to come in and say like, hey, do your job or else you're going to get fired. Like at some point that is going to happen to you. 
if you are actively discriminating against somebody, yes. like somebody's got to say it. Somebody's got to say it. Yes. Um. So he did score a bunch of goals for Rangers. Um, of course he did. 31 goals and 76 appearances. Pretty darn good. Pretty good clip. Um, over two seasons while Rangers won the two seasons that he was there. Yeah. So I'm so he's basically he he, he completed the baseline assignment. Like Yes. Yes. Like, oh yeah. We are the best team in Scotland and we are signing a good player. We would like to continue to at least be the best team in Scotland and then possibly get farther in Europe. Yeah, no, that's exactly what happened. It, it was very much um, a working relationship between the Rangers fans, a business relationship between the <laughs> Rangers fans and Bo Johnston. Sure. So like, you help our team do good, I guess we'll cheer for you. We're actually, this this episode is about two former clubs of Alejandro Bedoya because he also oh, played for yeah. Rangers. That is true. Oh. So... I lost my place in the story. Uh, uh, well, we were just speaking of uh, a working relationship and how he had just scored, like whatever, like thirty some goals in seventy some games. Yeah, he did score quite a few goals. Which is very <laughs> Man, he was great at scoring them goals. After those two seasons that Rangers won in nineteen ninety and nineteen ninety one, he shouts out to the birth year. <laughs> yes. Uh, Johnson spent the next five seasons at three different clubs, including Everton. Hey. Um, but didn't really make much of an impact at any of those clubs, just spending a little bit of time at each. The next move, he did have a, a lasting impact that he was at for a while. In 1997, Mo Johnston moved to Kansas City. Yo, for the Kansas City Wiz, let's who would later go. become the Kansas City Wizards, who would then later later become Sporting, Sporting KC, KC, which yes. is what it is now. Look at the look at the old because he was old at that point. Look at the old god Mo Johnston, <laughs> the KC Wiz, the let's KC go. Wiz. He made 149 appearances with Kansas City but only scored 31 times. And that was over the course of five seasons. He did, however, win the MLS Cup in 2000. Yeah. With Kansas City. So that's pretty sweet, too. They were were the Wizards fully at that point. Yes. uh, When they they won MLS Cup in 2000. I think in 2000 they were playing in a baseball stadium. That makes sense. There There were no soccer-specific fields in in the U.S. then. It was a weird... (laughs) It was a weird, like, stadium situation journey for them. Yeah. They finally got a good one. That's fine. They finally did. Mo Johnson actually had a couple coaching stints in the MLS. He managed New York Red Bulls. Yep. And then he also managed Toronto FC. That is why that name sounds so familiar, because I, yeah. I remember him coaching. Yes. Um, yeah, I remember him coaching that... Those New York Red Bulls teams, I think that was like when like Juan Pablo Angel was yeah. their like big designated player and Josie Altador was a teenager. I don't remember if he had broken onto the scene quite that early Crazy. when he coached them. But he was like, Josie was starting to play in games like around like that 2007, 2008, 2009 time period. He only spent a season managing both of those clubs. So I don't know how much time he had with 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 Josie. Or a sure. Juan Pablo Anhal. But um, he, he was there, and that's kind of cool. Um, and he was rightfully avoiding Scotland because uh, he's <laughs> not, like, super welcome there. Yeah. <laughs> by, by both sides. Yeah, of, that's unfortunate. <laughs> of Glasgow, <laughs> which is um, – kind of i mean it's his own fault he's the one that decided to well it's not his own fault at least not the discriminatory discriminatory yes, part against his yes, religion no definitely that not. part's not his own fault <laughs> but he didn't have to go to to rangers 
Right. That that you know, there is a certain lack of wisdom there that I will agree with. <laughs> and so it wasn't until recently uh that that Mo Johnson spoke on the transfer, the controversial whole, transfer. Because debacle. For a long time he just wouldn't talk about it. Understand. That makes sense. So. Yeah, but that makes sense. He said, if I had signed a contract, I would have been with Celtic. Money came into it. I'm not gonna hide from any of the facts. It is. I did it almost 30 years ago, and I won two championships. Hey, oh, cold-blooded. Count so the rings, baby. He really is. So that is that is the story of Maurice Johnston. Yeah. This whole time, I was like, why does that name sound so familiar? And it's because he was in and around MLS for yeah. a really long time. Yeah. And, and I was kind of like, huh. Transfer. It wasn't a direct transfer from from Celtic to to Rangers because that would never happen. But uh, it did happen at, at least one time, maybe uh, before. Because I have actually looked at I actually looked at that as a possible story mm. that I might still do at one point. But there was a a guy who went directly. Uh, I believe it was from Celtic to Rangers and not the other way around. Was it a big high profile transfer? It was a pretty big high profile, but where this was like in like forties or fifties, uh-huh. like okay, this this was before like I mean like old. This is old, old, older history that we're talking about yeah. with the two clubs. Because um, I was looking at some different things, but there it it has happened. Yes, yes. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's the story of Mo Johnson and his transfer saga, um, and how. Celtic absolutely botched one. <laughs> Celtic botched one. Resulted in him signing with their arch rivals. Everybody, I don't, I don't know what the word for discriminatory against somebody else's religion is. Uh, it's not xenophobic. It's not racist. I'm not certain what that word is, but whatever that word is, there's a lot of those fans in this too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Weird. And he ended up in Kansas City. And he ended up at Kansas City. <laughs> he was trying to get as far away as he could from yeah, and, and he and you know what? He kind of succeeded. <laughs> Kansas City is well, I mean, it literally is like kind of the one of the biggest cities in the Midwest. So if you're talking about them being things being in the middle of nowhere, they are literally the middle. <laughs> yes. No, that is absolutely true. So some sources for the story are Nick Miller from Tifo Football, Matthew Christ from Football Whispers, and Michael Lewis from Front Row Soccer. Nice. Thank you very much, Drew, for this story. And once again, thank you, listener, for listening to this podcast. Sorry we've been away for a little bit, circumstances and all that, but we are back and we should be back regularly along your airwaves. So be on the lookout for even more episodes for us very, very soon. If you like this podcast and want to support it, please go ahead and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out a lot and it helps the algorithm and, and more people see the podcast and blah, 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 blah. Just know that it really helps us. So if you want to, please do so. Also, if you're interested in the merchandise, we'll drop the link to our Teespring store in the description of the podcast. We also are all on all social medias at Deadball Pod, pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, we are on Facebook. Uh, I don't use Facebook that much that often, so the updates there are fewer and farther between, but we're on there. And we also have an email account if you have any suggestions for stories or anything that you want to send us. It is deadballpod at gmail.com. Adam, we have an important announcement to make. We have an important announcement to make. <gasps> and we that is an important announcement the to fact make. I forgot about this. That we are on the precipice of another Premier League season, which means that WP, WT, FPL is returning for its third edition. That's right. Season three of WTFPL is here, appropriately named WTF3L. 
uh, because that just rhymes. So why not make the pun? Yes, we are doing another FPL season. Yes, we do have another prize for the overall winner of that season. There's going to be another $30 gift card to Away Days Football, the proprietors of the mystery kits that we love so much. Uh, so that will be enough to get you a mystery kit, usually from one of the lower leagues in England or France or Spain. They specialize in littler and lesser known clubs uh, and and kind of little or lesser known clubs. When I say that, I mean usually in a lower league, in, which is like the championship usually, or teams that aren't Barcelona. So I've done it a couple of times. I've gotten uh, Real Sociedad, which aren't like a super small club. They've actually been very successful as of late. And I also got Nottingham Forest. So those are some cool shirts that I got for $30. Real real replica jerseys for $30, which is really, really cool. So we really like that company, uh, and we like to support them. And so that is the prize for winning our FPL team, our FPL league. Uh, the details and all that stuff will be on our Twitter, which you probably follow. Uh, if you don't, I'll come through next week and say the actual like, <laughs> code and all that stuff. But I do not remember it right now. And I've also been drinking whiskey, so I don't like definitely don't remember <laughs> it right now. And that's just the way that it is. But yes, FPL is here back again. I won the Snavely Derby last year, so that's all that I really matters. Point. One, One point. point. It was the great comeback. The great, great, great <sighs> comeback from a uh, Cancelo culture. Uh, this year, I, I uh, have paid homage to an FPL legend of the last few years, Ben Me, mm. uh, and named my team Cowboy Mebop, which is also an anime reference. So I'm really just hitting a very, very small window uh, crowd there for the people that get it. But I enjoy it. Drew, do you have a team name yet? I, I have yet to tinker and create a team yet. I'm still brainstorming team names, but... Uh, rest assured, it will be an immaculate name. Yeah, your last team name had an Andrew Yang pun, and that really aged like milk. <laughs> Ob Andrew Yang 2020, baby. <laughs> it was not, not your best work, my friend. I thought it was funny. <laughs> you know, at the beginning of the thing, yes, but then we got into the whole New York mayor debacle thing, and it just didn't plan, didn't, didn't pan out there. But yes. We are doing that, and it is going to be fun once again. And that, I believe, is all of our news, all of our housekeeping, short things, if I am not incorrect. So until next time, which will not be a month from now, we will do something next week. Pinky swear, slap me on Twitter if we don't do it. Until next time. My name is Adam Whitaker-Snavely. And I'm Drew. And we will see you very, very soon.